Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to AOK. Before we start the episode, we just want to remind you that everyone's sexual and romantic attraction works a bit differently. What you are about to hear are opinions based on personal experience, and any descriptions of romantic or sexual orientations featured in this episode are not representative of any group. friends and welcome to AOK, the podcast about people on the aromantic and asexual spectrums. I'm your Aero Ace host, Courtney Lang, and joining us today is Nick Hampshire, who is a model, photographer, influencer, and content creator. Nick, thanks for letting me interview you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, do you just want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So my name's Nick Hampshire. I'm 32 years old. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. And yeah, as you said, I'm a model, photographer, uh, influencer, content creator. Uh, I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm originally from New Hampshire, which is kind of where I get my namesake from. Oh. Uh, but I've been here in Philly for six years and uh, I like it way better. So yeah. So um, you so you are aromantic and heterosexual. Uh, what does that mean for you? Yeah, so I'm a, uh, aromantic means essentially um, I am incapable of experiencing romantic attraction um, or intimacy. Um, and heterosexual just means that I'm still attracted to women um, as a man, as a cis man. Um, so I still feel sexual desire, sexual attraction, um, and I still feel like regular, or I don't want to say regular love, but like familial love and, um, you know, friend love. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't feel whatever that like, Whatever it is that people find in one another that makes them, uh, you know, love or in love with a partner or something like that, I just don't quite understand what that is. Yeah, I am in the same boat. Um, just don't know what people are talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's something we seem to be. I don't want to say missing because, like, but we are kind of missing it. Like, but yeah, we're not. I, mean, I think it's fair to say missing. Yeah, so like it's just a little bit like strange to try to explain something you don't have. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I often kind of say it's like because I'm partially colorblind, so like mm-hmm. I know there are colors that I don't see. Oh, okay, like, that's a good exist, way to do it. And yeah. I know that other people see them. Mm-hmm. I just don't have access to that color like spectrum. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's kind of how I feel about like so. But but so for the colors that I do see though, like they're as colorful and vibrant as I will ever know or experience, and they fill me as fully as someone that can see the other colors. You know what I'm saying? So right. I don't feel like I'm seeing less, or I don't feel um, like my experience is less. I guess you know what I mean. My experience is still the max of my capacity. Um, but mm-hmm. I, but I do know that there are things that I'm not seeing, and similarly, I know there's things I'm apparently not feeling. Right. That's a very good way to put it. So I watched, I actually watched your YouTube video on being aromantic while not asexual. And sure. that video actually really helped me fully accept my own aromanticism. Um, awesome. Yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, I was super lost. And you said something about in the video, um, not feeling like yourself when you were trying to date people um, or not feeling like yourself when you were trying to get those romantic feelings. Um, sure. And that really resonated with me. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you realized you were aromantic? Sure. Um, well, I started dating, like, you know, little little high school whatever is when I was in high school and a kid and whatever. 
But like my first real girlfriend was when I was like 16, 17 years old. And, um, you know, we were like dating and we were doing, you know, we started doing sexual stuff or whatever. Um, and, you know, I thought that I was in love with her. I, I really liked spending time with her and I would, um, I don't know, she was great. And, and it just didn't quite work. Like, like we were together for what I thought was a long time. I went back and looked at like old journals and stuff. It was not very long, <laughs> uh, like, a couple, <laughs> like maybe a month and a half or something like that. Uh, but it seemed like so much longer and I was thinking back on it, but, uh, and yeah, and like, it just seemed to like sour, the, like the longer I was with her and I didn't, and I didn't know why that was. Mm-hmm. And at the time I thought it was something else. And so I kind of, but we broke up and then I kind of dated other women for a little while. And I noticed like the same thing kind of happening over and over again, where I just kind of would like sour. Like I felt what I would later understand is more like that romantic repulsion, which is like when you physically and mentally are like withdrawing from the person that you're, you know, your partner. And, yeah. and it's a really strange thing that happens. Um, and especially if you don't know anything of like why it's happening. So it almost like you kind of, I, I would blame it on them. I would be like, oh, well they did this or they did that. And that's why I'm feeling this way. And so I'm breaking up. But I would say after like my third relationship or even fourth or so, I was like, okay, I'm like thinking critically over my last few relationships. And I was just like, I'm the common denominator here. Like something right. like what the things that they're doing are, you know, it, sometimes they were valid, but other times they really weren't super crazy. And there's no reason that I should have like, my feelings should have like, so, you know, uh, soiled or whatever, gotten so bad so quickly over something like that. So I'm like, I'm clearly the common denominator here. So I kind of like stopped dating as frequently or like getting into relationships anyway. Cause I knew even before I got into my twenties, I would say that like whatever everybody else was experiencing, uh, that is not my experience. And I need to figure out what that is before I can like get involved with somebody else really. When did you first hear the word aromantic? Okay. So probably not till I was like 26 or 27 or so. Yeah, that sounds about and, right. Yeah, and so and that would have been well, like five years ago. And uh, for me, like I know I've, I've talked to some people that they hear it and they're like, maybe, and then like they kind of don't want to admit it and like it takes them a little while and then eventually, like for me, it was like immediate. Like, you know, it is, it is a spectrum and I feel like I'm pretty far on that spectrum. So for me, I always tell people it was kind of like, it felt like I knew my way around a dark room like very well and then like, when I heard the term aromanticism and like under, like read what it was about, it was like someone turned the light on and I was like, oh yeah, it's exactly what I thought. You know what I mean? Like I figured out all the parts yeah. kind of on my own. And then like when someone like gave it a name and like, or I heard somebody else explain, I was like, oh yeah, that, that's it. That's, I mean, that's, that's me. Yeah. And that was it. That's gotta be a great feeling. Yeah, for sure. Cause I just, I don't, there is, it's just a long time, you know, I mean, I started dating when I was like 17. So almost 10 years, I would say of like kind of figuring it out and, I mean, the good thing I think about being a romantic was like, although it was, you know, causing problems, I guess, when I was, when I was trying to be in relationships, because I'm a romantic, I don't necessarily have that desire to be in one. So mm-hmm. for me, I was always like, yeah, I'm probably fucked up a little bit or like, yeah, I'm probably kind of broken, but like, it doesn't seem to be causing any drama for me right now. Like I don't care right now. So like, you know, it'll probably be something I have to deal with later in life and maybe I'll have to go to therapy at some point when it becomes a problem. But as of right now, it really is not affecting me all that much. So I don't really care that much. And then like come to find out, like it's just not really an issue at all. Like I just (laughs) accept it as it is and I'm cool. Yeah, it turns out you weren't broken all along and it's an actual thing. Yeah, that's the big thing. It's an actual thing. That's like the best thing ever. When you hear, you know, the first time that I was like, I was talking to somebody else and they explained their dating experience back to like another aromantic person. And like, without me having saying anything, they explained their exact dating experience to me. I was like, Oh my God, 
Like, it was just so refreshing <laughs> and unbelievable to think that somebody else had had, like, the same experience as me. Because nobody else I'd ever talked to had. You know, they, were, they were always like, oh, you just got to stay in the relationship, man. Like, it, it gets better. You get through the, just your fear of commitment and stuff. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm supposed to be in, like, key honeymoon time right now. Like, this, yeah. I'm, like, six weeks in. This is supposed to be when people are, like, the happiest they've ever been. And I'm like, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's totally in my experience as well. Um yeah, no, the whole, like, oh, just stick with it. And you're like, but I've been with it for a while. And, like, it, the longer you're in it, like, the more and more you need to get out. Um, well, what's your, what's your a while? What's your longest? Oh, God. Um, so my longest was probably, I want to say it was, like, two months, maybe two and a half, which seemed, okay. like, forever to me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I thought that was very long. Um, and I was seeing... Um, the person probably like every other week or like once a week. And I thought that was a lot like, (laughs) um, because I was kind of, you know, I was, I wasn't so much dreading seeing them, but like, I wasn't looking forward to it. And (laughs) like, it just like made me, you know, like you just, like you said, you don't feel like yourself, like something's wrong and like, you don't know what it is. And you're trying to get out, but you don't have a good reason why you're trying yeah. to get out. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so like they ask you why and you're like, I don't I don't like dating. Um, so that was my longest relationship. And um, yeah, the other person was like, we never see each other. And I was like, we see each other all the time. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand what you're talking about. So, yeah. Uh, similar similar time frame to uh, your longest relationship, I guess. Um, yeah, mine was about eight weeks as well. And uh, yeah, same. I was like, I, the thing was like, I, I thought, I don't know, I tried, I tried the, the sticking it out thing. And uh-huh. um, I was like, you know, especially because I did, I really liked my partner. She's awesome. We're still really good friends to this day. Um, but I just like you were saying, you just, I don't, I just suddenly just was very uncomfortable in my own skin when I was around her. And like when yes. people wanted to like cuddle or touch and everything. And what's weird is like, I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a little strange in the romantic world. Cause I actually really love cuddling. Like I'd like to do a lot of like little intimate type stuff. Um, yeah. when it's not, when there's kind of no stakes on it, like when it's kind of like pretending and for funsies, so to speak, yeah, I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And it's fun to participate. But like, if I know that it's like being felt sincerely or like deepening their feelings and emotions, then it's suddenly like, I don't like it. And it becomes very, um, you know, repulsive to me. And so yeah. we were, I was with my partner at the time about eight weeks in and like, we tried to get intimate. She, you know, she tried to like start getting things working and like my business was not open for business. Like nothing mm-hmm. was going down. Nothing was working down there. Like at all, like not even a little <laughs> to get started. Like, just absolute nothing. And I was like, well, I think this is uh, pretty clear. This is not going to work out. Yeah, damn. So how do you set boundaries in relationships, though? Like how now that maybe now that you know, like how do you figure out where each other is at and what you're comfortable with? How do you communicate that? Sure. Um, It is very strange, honestly. It's kind of like, well, before, anytime I meet any new partner that, um, or, or, you know, any new person that I'm um, considering being, like, intimate with sexually or anything like that, or, um, you know, anybody that might be interested in me like that or whatever, um, I try to bring up uh, aromanticism as soon as possible, because I just don't want any to be, anybody to be mis, um, misconstruing any 
you know, signs or anything. I don't want anybody to get their feelings hurt. I don't want to feel like anybody was misled. So, you know, I, as soon as I can, basically, where it's natural in the conversation, I'm always like, oh, so, oh, you're single? Like, why are you still single? Like, how come you're not seeing anybody? Oh, me, I'm a romantic. Oh, you don't know what that is? This is the information. Um, so I try to get that out of the way, like, as soon as possible, because that way people kind of have an understanding of, like, where I'm, where I'm at, like, what I'm looking for in the situation and, like, what I can offer in, a, in any sort of, like, friendship, partnership, friends with benefits, whatever. Um, and then that way can, I can kind of, like, put it on the person and be like, whatever your comfort level is, we can sort something out. But if, like, you are going to want more or if you need, you know, like, a more significant romantic attraction or connection, like, you know, even though we might uh, sexually be compatible, like, we're both really attracted to one another, if you're going to need more or whatever, then, like, let's not do that because I don't want to be you know, hurting anybody's feelings or anything like that. Like, my, I'm not going to change my mind on this because of how I am. So right. you should determine where your comfort level is. You know what I mean? That's kind of, I kind of let them establish those boundaries around my own, I guess. Yeah. How does that usually go? I mean, sometimes good. And, you know, it is strange too, though, because like I've, I've dated non-aromantic people. And like most recently, um, I had like a kind of regular partner that like, I would say was borderline getting to be like an open relationship. Like we were seeing each other pretty frequently, but, um, you know, I was, I was fully open with her about everything. She knew how I felt about stuff and she was like super, super accommodating of my needs, which was amazing. Like I've never really had that cause I haven't really, like I pretty much gave up relationships like a long time ago. Like when I was getting yeah. into my twenties, I was kind of like, all right, I'm not doing relationships anymore unless like something really special comes along. This was before I knew it was a romantic. Um, mm -hmm. And then I would kind of try like every couple, every like two years or so, I would like find someone that like I thought maybe it, it would work and I would kind of start going down that road and then I would, things would happen like usual and then it would bail. So yeah. uh, and then once I learned a romanticism, I was like, all right, I'm definitely done with relationships pretty much. Like unless something fits into exactly how I know that I am, it's just not it's not going to work out. So would you say you're pretty out about it? Like, I know you're very out on your social media. Um, what's that like? Um, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, a lot of people, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm super out. As soon as I heard about it, I like, couldn't wait to like scream it from the rooftops because it just made so much sense <laughs> to me. And I think that there's probably a lot more people out there that are romantic that don't know about it. And they keep, yes. like, I. so one thing that like, uh, in, in talking to some other aromantic people or, or questioning whether they're aromantic or not, I actually feel pretty like stoked that I'm so aromantic because for me it was like, oh my God, that's 100% it. I am that. And so it was really easy for me to like know that that was me. But I think there's a lot of people that aren't as like extreme on that spectrum that are probably so on it though. And so they're just like super confused, stuck in this like middle ground or like they literally have no idea what it is. And so they just like keep running the you know, the simulation over and over again, trying relationships and failing or trying relationships and cheating or, yep. you know what I mean? Like, you know, all these different, like, cause that was where I was at. It's like, I've tried, I've tried the formula a million times, you know, like, cause we're all told from the time we're, we're children, like literally as soon as you're born, you know what I mean? I have a mom and a dad and every children's story even has like, you know, a boy and a girl that are in love or they're like, they have yeah. a question on one another and yeah. they share a kiss at the end of the story kind of thing. There's always yeah. some kind even of Even like, non-heteronormative, um, just like all these, you know, people pairing up, people pairing up, people pairing up. Yeah, it's, it's always like, love and romantic yep. love is supposedly like the, the peak, you know, peak emotional experience yeah. that all humans can have and should be aspiring to. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a, um, yeah, I just think that there's a lot of people that they, you know, they don't really take the time to question what they really are looking for in a relationship or, or their experience. And instead, they just keep running the simulation over and over and over again. Like, I, I like that girl. I asked that girl out. We're dating now. It didn't work out. 
We, yeah. Let's try it again. And they just like run that same simulation over and over <laughs> and over again. And, and I've been there. Like I used to do it. Like, and, uh, and then I realized like, oh, like what if that simulation is not for me? Like what if people can exist outside of that formula? You know what I mean? And I was like, whoa, like my whole brain opened for a minute. And then, and it's so funny because I talk to people and they often are like, uh, or like a friend of mine, it was like, because I was talking about how I really want kids someday. And he was like, how are you going to do that as a romantic? And I was like, uh, well, I just find a friend and we would just raise them like co-parents. And he's like, you can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean I can't Why do not? that? Of course I can. And he was like, <laughs> it's just like, you know what I mean? I think he was just, it just had never occurred to him that you could do, that you could like get what you want without taking the baggage, aka, you know, quote unquote, of like things that you don't. I'm like, dude, you can, you can make whatever relationship terms and everything you want. Like as long as you find yeah. somebody that wants the same things and there are other people that want those things, but too many people don't take the time to question like what makes up these relationship rules and, and, yeah. and standards, you know what I mean? And I think if more people did that, they'd find themselves in much better you know, situations and more healthy for themselves. Yeah. Who makes these <laughs> rules? Like who made these rules? Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I got a little sidetracked, but so to be out, um, I've talked to, you know, I, I posted my thing on YouTube cause I was getting a lot of questions on it. I, I'm, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff on social media, so I try to bring it up as much as possible. As I said before, anytime I meet a potential new partner, I bring it up immediately. Um, it's really, I'm, I'm really open about it. And most times people either, I would say a lot of people are super interested. They're like, I've never heard of anything like this. You're like blowing my mind right now. Um, a lot of times I feel like they may not fully believe it. Like maybe they yeah. believe that I believe it, but they don't necessarily believe like it's as legitimate as I'm saying. Um, yeah. I've had some people that flat out are just like, that's not a thing. Like you are making it or you're not making it up, but like, you know, you, there's just that one person out there you haven't met yet. There's, you know, whatever, 7 billion people on the planet. You just haven't met the right one. You can't, you can't know. I'm like, you're absolutely right. You know what? I will absolutely admit that, you know, you can't know what you don't know. So it's entirely possible that, there is somebody out there that will make me change my mind. But until then, this is a functional label that works for me and how I feel yeah. in, all, in, in all experiences I've had in my 32 years, or we'll call it 16 years, 17 years of dating. You know what I'm saying? Is there anything you would like to tell other people on the aromantic spectrum? Uh, that it's a thing, <laughs> that, that you're not alone and that it's, uh, you know, I definitely know that it can be confusing and um, hard to uh, really determine if that is really what you're experiencing or not. Um, and that you don't necessarily like, you know, I, I know some people are like really apprehensive about taking up the the label and like, whether you take up the label or you don't take up the label, like it can just be helpful to know that there is a group of people that feels like you or even like similar to you. So even if you're not quite like sure if that's you for sure, um, there are other people that share your experience of like not prioritizing romantic love over everything. And that, uh, yeah, that there are there are other valuable forms of love um, that are you know just as valid as romantic love. There are other people make romantic love out to be. Yeah, I think that's a very important point to make. Um, and I like to wrap the show up a little bit by asking you who is someone important to you. I think personally, this is a very important question to have on this podcast because, like you were saying a little bit. Um, there are other forms of love. And to me, those forms of love are my most important forms of love. Like I feel those loves very strongly, even though they're not romantic. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So who is someone important to you? Um, I mean, I definitely, as, as previously stated, would have said my grandparents, uh, they're past now, uh, but they were really important to me. Um, mm -hmm. My mom is super important to me. Like 
she's just been super resilient and like ever supportive, like to her own detriment often. Uh, you will really put uh, her kids first. And that was something that um, definitely motivated me to do the same. So um, yeah, uh, if we're saying, if we're talking to somebody who's currently alive, that um, is important to me, I would say my mom. Yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> Are there any topics you um, thought of along the way that you want to talk about or are we good? Um, I actually kind of wanted to know as a, as you're, you identify as a asexual and a romantic, right? Yes. So do you find it difficult to explain one more than the other to people? Do you find Ooh, people that's... accept or understand one more than the other? That's a very hard question. Um, and it's a good question. I think you might be the first person to ever ask me questions about myself on this show. Um, <laughs> let's see. I would say that aromantic is probably harder to describe than asexual. Asexual um, is easier only because people accept it more readily as what they think it means. Sure. Um, so if you say so you're asexual to someone and they say what's that and you say oh I don't I'm not attracted to people sexually like I don't want to have sex um a lot of times their brain will automatically translate into something like um someone hurt you or you right. just haven't found the right person or yeah um oh you're just a prude or you know you're celibate or which is a totally different thing you know like stuff like that so I get away with it better just because they're projecting their own ideas onto me so I can explain it fine it's right. just what comes out of it isn't great and the aromantic part is hard to explain because a lot of people don't even know there's a separation between sexual and romantic attraction. Yeah, um, definitely. I think aromantic is harder for me personally because people just cannot wrap their head around it. They can't wrap their head around the thought, the idea that I've never had a crush in my life. Um, yeah, they, they just have no frame of reference for it. Yeah, they don't have. A, there's nothing to compare it to. Like the only thing to compare that to is romance and like so that's what their like pinpoint is because it's either like you have romantic feelings or you don't but with yeah sexual orientations there's a whole range of them if that makes sense yeah sure um yeah. that are or i mean there are there's a range of romantic also but they're not well known like they're very hidden um you yeah. only really talk about them in terms of asexuality so um you're the first person i've met who's um like who's heteronormative aromantic um mm. and i think people have a hard time wrapping their mind around around that because i feel like like i get it but if i'm trying to put myself see this is the problem i'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a person who feels romantic and sexual feelings and i can't so right. yeah so it's hard for me to even articulate and you can hear me doing it right now is I go down this rabbit hole of trying to explain my aromanticism <laughs> and end up just totally losing it. So I started off strong where I was talking about asexuality and I got past that. And then as soon as I tried to describe aromanticism, I just went off. Um, yeah. I, th I think that it's like, I was, and this may be like my own kind of, 
I don't know, this might be an ignorant uh, perspective, but because I'm not asexual, but I, I always thought that, or I think, or I've used it as easier to explain asexuality over a romanticism because I think that what's considered sexual and not sexual is a bit more objective than what's considered romantic and not romantic. Would you agree with that? Yes, that's a good way to put it. Because for me, okay. I cannot grasp for the life of me what makes friendship different than romance. Sure, yeah. Well, that's um, kind of what I mean. It's like, se- yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to speak of you. Go for it. No, it's just, I don't, when I'm, I have debates with people who are in relationships because I want to know. So I'm asking them like, what is, what is it that you're feeling that makes it different than what you're feeling for me? Right. And when they describe it, it all sounds physical. So Hmm. that part confuses me a lot because then I'm like, isn't that sexual attraction and not romantic attraction? So what is romance? Right. And right. I can't quite grasp my like wrap my head around it, but it has to be there because people say I don't have it. Right. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I remember like uh, I had a partner or a friend who was like hopefully potentially a partner. She came up to from Tennessee all the way to New Hampshire to visit. We actually went and visited each other a few times, and and I could I could feel her reaching out emotionally for that like romantic intimacy, and like I was trying everything I could possibly think of to like respond in that in that same way and it just wasn't I could not do it I didn't I did not have whatever she needed like I, I brought her to meet my grandparents I like wanted I took her to like my favorite spot in New Hampshire like I did I showed her my favorite music like I did everything I could possibly think of to like <laughs> yeah. reach out in the same way and it just was like not happening I just don't have whatever it is and it's yep. it is it's kind of inexplicable and, and the thing is it's kind of like what I was saying before where like sexual um, intimacy is is pretty objective. There's like certain, like in universal, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously sex itself and anything sexual related is sexual intimacy, like objectively and, and uh, universal across anybody's perspective, more or less. Um, romantic attraction or romantic intimacy, again, is very subjective. Like some people consider making out, um, you know, romantic. Some people don't. Some people think cuddling is romantic. Some people don't. Like, you know, it's very right. ambiguous and, and it can even change from like, like me myself, like cuddling or like being, you know, kind of fun and, and uh, romantic e with one person might not be uh, an issue, but then like the next day it might, you know what I mean? So even within one person, it can change depending on my mood. So it's like so much harder to explain. So when I'm explaining a romanticism, I oftentimes will be like, I find it's easier to explain asexuality and I'll explain asexuality to a person. And then once they understand that, I'm like, okay, now take kind of that same idea of having no capacity or no interest in sexual attraction for somebody and now put it on, on like the romantic stuff. So I don't have capacity for romantic attraction for right. anybody. And like it, they still don't quite get it, but it at least gives them some kind of framework of understanding for what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's, it is like, of um, I heard someone describe it some, once as not having that spark. Like people sure. would describe me as like they, they tried and they were like, but there was just no spark there. You know, and I was like, maybe that's just it. Like, and maybe the reason it's so hard to describe or explain rather a romanticism is the fact that, I mean, scholars throughout history have been trying to explain romantic love forever. Like, right. And no one can really pin down what it is. So, how are you supposed to pin down what it isn't? Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Yeah. I read a, um, 
I read a quote on a Tumblr post years ago. I wish I'd saved it because it was so perfectly read, uh, you know, written. Um, it was by an asexual person, though. But again, I felt it was very similar to my romantic experience where she was explaining how, you know, when you're like growing up and you first start experiencing these things, you know, you don't, you don't know that you're different yet. So you just assume that everybody's experiencing things exactly how you're experiencing things. Yeah. And so she was like, so she was like, um, you know, she had had sex and it was whatever. She was, I think she wasn't like um, sexual repulse. She just was asexual, not, just not interested kind of. And so she was like, I kind of thought everybody was just like lying collectively about how great sex was. Like I thought everybody yeah. was like in on this like lie that sex was this amazing thing. And then she realized that like, oh, you guys like really do like this? Oh, so I'm <laughs> the weird one. And I was like, that was like me with like romantic love. I was like, you know, like I, I, you know, when I was a teenager, I thought that I was like maybe in love or feeling. And I was like kind of, you know, feeling like all angsty and stuff. But when I like really stopped to like consider how I was actually feeling, and especially as I got older and kind of got out of that like high school angsty stuff, I was just like, I really wasn't like upset about any of it. Like I really didn't care. Right. Or, I certainly wasn't in love with any of my previous partners. And I was like, and the more I thought of it, I was like, I, so again, I kind of thought everyone was like exaggerating and like purposefully kind of making themselves like all worked up about how they were feeling. And then like, you know, as you get into your 20s, you find people that like really are dealing with like significant heartbreak and like devastating. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, so this is like a real thing for you. Like you really, like you really can't get out of bed today because your 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 heart's broken. Like, yeah, I, it's no, crazy. I don't know what that, I, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, <laughs> I thought maybe I did in <laughs> high school, but apparently I was very mistaken. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I felt that way. I felt like I was just gonna eventually catch up. Um, right. Yeah. Like I was a late bloomer, or you know, something went wrong with my puberty or like maybe I, because I was such a tomboy growing up, like maybe it was because of that or like, I don't know. I went through all the scenarios and there was nothing. So it's a lot of questioning, man. I know. Yeah. A lot of questions until you hear that word. Yeah. So I get this kind of a lot. I'm curious if you could change it, like, would you, like if you could be if I could be not asexual. Like, um, I guess, are you happy to be asexual or an aromantic or? So, uh, honestly, I hate it. Um, really? Yes. I haven't, I'm not proud of it for sure. Um, I try to be because I know it's not bad and I know it's not wrong and I know nothing's sure. wrong with me, but I have been trained to think that there is something wrong with me and think that it's something's off. Um, and that, you know, people are constantly giving you that, that glimmer of hope you don't want of like, there's just someone out there and there's, and you know, there's not like, I know that there's <laughs> not, but yeah. it keeps coming at me. And I go through these cycles of like, you know what, maybe, and I don't know if this is because I, was assigned female at birth, but like I feel like it's a, maybe a hormonal thing. Like sometimes I'll be like, you know what? Like I would love that. And then like the second I try, I'm like, oh, nope, nope, that was a mistake. <laughs> um, so it depends on if I would change it though. If I could change it, I would want to choose my sexuality. Sure. And I, I would want to choose my romantic orientation as well. Because at this point, I felt so alienated from straight society, from heteronormative, like, 
you know, all the laws are made to benefit marriage, which is something that doesn't seem possible um, for me personally. And sure. so I don't, I don't think I would feel comfortable being straight. Okay. Um, just because I've been giving such, given such a hard time by people who are straight. Um, and the most acceptance I've found has actually been people from the LGBTQA community, even though the LGBTQA community at large tends to be a little gatekeepy, the people who have stood by me the most are in the LGBTQA community. Um, sure. so I've really found acceptance there and I found my people there. Um, I love my friends and I just, I have been wronged so many times by heteronormative society, um, doctors thinking they're trying to fix me, um, men telling me that if we do it this way, um, they'll, you know, fix everything that's wrong with me. Um, and I don't know. I don't think I could ever, I don't think I could ever live with myself if I had to go to that. I don't want to call it a side, but like (laughs) it would just feel like I would feel disgusting because I would be the person who doesn't understand what people like me now are going through. God, that's such a hard question because it's one I think about alone by myself in my head often. And I, I, I can never come up with a, like a very good answer because as soon as I choose, I would change it. I hate that. And I go back to being like, no, I would absolutely not change it. So it is, Mm. I think it is, it does fluctuate. It's just like, no matter how stable I am and how much I like myself and my alone time, I do crave companionship, but it's not Mm. in, in the romance way. Like I would love to have like, I have tons of friends, but they're all going to be paired off eventually. Um, sure. Like, you know they are. And it's just, I don't know. I don't I don't want to be happy when it doesn't work out for them. But when it doesn't yeah. work out for them, I am <laughs> a little bit happy. Um, I got you. And that's selfish. I feel that. I, I and it, to that as well. Yeah. And it makes me feel selfish. And I get real guilty about it. But And I'm also feeling like I'm missing something huge. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I definitely I'm, feel that as well. Yeah. Like this thing that's supposed to be like the big human experience, you know, the big thing. Yeah. The big thing that I don't know is in everything. Um, yeah. You're just totally, you know, blind to I'm it. not going to get it. Yep. Yeah. So. So okay, um, let me, what, what would be your ideal circumstance or relationship or whatever? Like ideally, if it, like how do you see your needs being met? Um, that's the, that's the hard part is because I can't see how anything could be met. Mm. Um, I don't even know because I have this whole idea of what ideal is based on what everyone else thinks is ideal. So like what is ideal for me is very hard to figure out because Mm. it doesn't seem like no matter what it is, it doesn't seem like it's enough. So, like, I, it's very hard for me at this point to picture finding someone who happens to be ace, who I happen to, like, uh, like love as a friend and, like, want sure. to spend my life together and who would happen to reciprocate those feelings. Hmm. You know? Word. Well, I mean, 
Obviously, I don't know you, but like, you know, very well, this is our first actual conversation, but I would say that you seem very pleasant, super nice, um, and you're super cute on your Facebook, so I'm sure that there are people that um, would totally do, like, whatever you need, you know? Like, I think I'm, I'm a big believer, a proponent for, like, you know, stating what you want clearly and kind mm-hmm. of leaving it up to people to, like, determine if they're comfortable with that or not, and um, yeah, I, I don't see why you couldn't find somebody that could fulfill your... Um, you know, what it is that you're looking for without crossing any boundaries or anything like that. It's just finding the right people, you know, which can certainly be difficult. Like I said, we're kind of dealing from a smaller pool of people that will be kind of on the same page, but they're out there. So yeah, for sure. Well, man, wow. It's so great talking to you just because like a lot of your, it's just like, I don't know if I've had such like a big conversation with someone who's also aromantic, like very aromantic. Like I am very aromantic. (laughs) So it's just like very nice to be hearing my thoughts kind of being reflected through you. Um, Yeah, no, I know that feeling. Yeah, it's great. Wow. We talked forever. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's cool. I love talking about this stuff, honestly. Okay, great. Um, Well, thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it. I feel like I got a lot out of that conversation, and I hope you did too. Um, Yeah, for sure. And thank you for everyone listening. And of course, thank you to Uberkick for the use of their song, A-OK, to Tanner Grayler as Rats and Children for creating our beautiful cover art, and to Sophie Lalonde for editing and producing this episode. I'll be back next week with another guest, but until then, I'm Courtney Lang. And I'm Nick Hampshire. And And we we are are A-OK. Thanks for